Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody out there, this is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. Matt Knowles here alongside founder and creator Brian McElfresh, as well as Doug Gravely. Today we have a great show for you. We're going to be talking about the next man up at running backs. We're going to be talking about the top 10 schools where you need to be paying attention to the battle to replace some heavy hitters in college fantasy football in 2022. BMAC, Doug, how are you doing today? I know you guys are excited about this, this uh, podcast. Yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked. Like it's it's feeling like football again. So, you know, next week I'll be taking the family over to the swamp for the Gators spring game. They do a Thursday night deal, whatever that opens up Saturday for me to watch a bunch of spring games. So uh, that the draft is uh, this month and uh, we're 141 days out at this moment. I'm pretty excited, man. So, Doug, last week we were joined by Hangry Doug. You know, you were a little bit, a little bit ornery, a little bit frustrated because you had not eaten a pretzel. You talked about before the, the podcast, you wanted to eat that pretzel. And uh, today oh, yeah, you said, today you said, we're going to be joined by Hyper Doug. Why was Hyper it Doug. Hangry Doug last week? And why is it Hyper Doug this week? What's got you all hyper today, man? I don't know, man. Man, a couple things got me hyper. I'm feeling this episode. I think it's going to be really good. Um, and dude, the master started today. I'm a huge golf freak. So, I'm just excited, you know, seeing the PGA and the live players join together again should be really good. You get to actually watch, you know, the best of the best play each other again. And I always like that stuff. But, man, I'm just excited. It's a good day. It's a good day. Football is coming. Well, now that all of our listeners have fallen asleep because you talked about golf. Oh, also, also, (laughs) I got to buy the Phil Steele magazine uh, March 31st. So really, obviously, I don't get it for quite a while, but I was able to buy it, and that's a little bit of football. So I was stoked. Yeah, about I was that. like, I was like, Phil Steele <laughs> put out a magazine on March 31st. I'm like, that seems very, very early. Okay, nope. so good. So you just pre-ordered the thing. All that's right, right, all right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we got a great episode today. We're going to be talking about the top ten situations you got to keep your eye on. This does not mean that the guys that are going to be the next man up are going to be the top ten running backs preseason. This is. Uh, situations where you had a running back that was uh, impactful last year in college fantasy football, that there are uh, is, a, is a question about who's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, replacing them. Guys, you need to keep your eye on because this could be the difference between whether or not you come in first, win your championship, or you're Doug and don't. And uh, <laughs> All right, so you guys just want to jump right into it, or do you want to make go. sure that we let everybody uh, – know that they need to like and subscribe on all the socials. Make sure you're on Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you get up onto discord.com and follow cfbdynasty.com because the one thing we want to do is make sure that this is not a one-way podcast. And what we mean by that is we like being able to get on this podcast and give you information out, but we want this to be a two-way podcast. We want you guys to be able to go to the Discord and comment back. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know the uh, if there's a, a running back situation that we didn't talk about today mm-hmm. that you guys really think we need to keep our eyes on, that you think the community at large needs to keep their eye on, we want you to comment back that we want this to be interactive. We don't just want this to be information out. We want your information as well. That being said, <laughs> BMAC, let everybody know why you decided to do these articles. Last week we did quarterbacks. Next week's going to be wide receivers. What was your motivation to do this? Yeah, and let me echo the sentiment on the the two-way communication here. So that's one thing that I've I've been bad at, honestly. Focused on the rankings, focused on creating the content. But 
uh not as much on on building the community and man that's that's what we want that's that's all we want to do is build the community college football fanatics so that we can have fun hopefully win some money while we're at it and uh and and talk <laughs> football so um <clears throat> we'll be we'll we'll stick to that for sure so this um yeah like you said a little bit in the intro we're looking at some of the top running backs that uh in in their production last year and going over next man up now one thing uh to be said like this isn't just the top 10 like obviously Tajay Spears leaving uh Tulane uh not necessarily a next man up situation I'm not saying it's it's not gonna happen but not everything is a next man up situation where you see like Lou Nichols from a couple years ago and we've talked about him where their O-line was decimated by the NFL draft at Central Michigan. He was the leading rusher that year uh, in college football. And then coming back the, his next year, it was it sucked. And, and anybody who drafted him high uh, certainly was disappointed by uh, his output. So you can't just rely on next man up uh, just based on stats alone. So that's why we're going to go into some of the situation scenarios, what we're hearing and, uh, and get to it for 10 of these schools that are, that are losing a top player. Well, uh, why don't we just get right into it? I see the first school you guys have, you want to talk about is Texas with Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, both are going to be out. Um, yeah, I definitely have some comments, some thoughts about this situation, but I can't wait to hear what your guys thoughts are. All right. Um, so, like you said, Matt, you know, Bajan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, both leaving Texas, you know, uh, from the top of my mind, that's over 2,000 yards of production on the ground and 20-some-odd touchdowns. So that's a lot of production to make up for. Um, potentially, you're looking at a, a four-person battle here. Um, I know, in my mind, the top two that stick out to me are Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter. Um, but you've got Jaden Blue and Keelan Robinson who are also there. Um, the only thing that worries me really about Keelan Robinson is he had some chances in the Alamo Bowl and was only able to produce 27 yards. Um, so, it, you know, the first kind of highlight we got from him was <laughs> very minimal. Um, and then Jaden Blue, another one who, you know, super fast guy, really highly recruited, um, but only managed 15 carries last year. So we don't really yeah. know what to expect from him either. And then you've got Cedric Baxter, obviously um, sensational year um, as a senior in high school, top ranked running back coming into, you know, this year as a prospect and people don't speak enough about him. I don't think, um, but Jonathan Brooks, when given his opportunities um, showed some greatness. So, I think it's between Brooks and Baxter, in my opinion, but there's a forehead, a four-headed monster here that could be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think I one like, of the uh, – oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, take it, Matt. Take it. Take, no, no, you take right. it, B-Mac. Keelan Robinson, you know, he was really talented, great pass catcher, transfer from Alabama from a couple years ago. Just hasn't – yeah, hasn't really put it all together on the field yet. Could he do it this year? He totally could, and he's mm -hmm. the senior guy. So if you think about Texas, where are they right now? They've got elite receivers, an incredible tight end, one of their best offensive lines they've had in a long time. Of all the things that matter, pass protection matters a lot. So you lean 
potentially towards the veteran or, you know, Jonathan Brooks got more carries and touches than Jaden blue, but not a ton more. Uh, Cause Bijan and Roshan, you know, took most of it. So Keelan could be that guy. He could be the, the safety net where he's great out of the backfield. Great uh, pass protection. If it ends up that way, but I think by the end of the year, Cedric Baxter and talent will win out there. And, and although all, they're all, you know, good, talented players, um, I could see that. That would be the most likely scenario that I see playing out. So going into 2022, um, I had Roshan Johnson. I was like, man, 20, he had a great 2021. It looked like he was en route to a great potential year in 2022. He's actually, you know, projected to get drafted in the NFL because of his talent. But Bijan Robinson completely became the man. There was no running back by committee at Texas last year. Roshan did absolutely nothing from a <laughs> fantasy perspective. Um, do you guys feel like that with Bijan leaving, there's going to be, you said more of a running back by committee? Or do you think that there's going to be a guy that's going to become like Bijan and going to be getting the lion's share of carries yeah. at Texas and the rest are going to fall off? So if you look at Sarkeesian's history, it's going to be a guy that, that mm-hmm. takes over. Um, and, and that's just how I think it'll play out. Um, and it could be, I mean, it could be any of the four, but yeah, I think by mid year, I think you'll see it be Baxter unless Robinson comes in or Brooks comes in and kind of takes off. Like well, I'm very I, like interested said, to see, uh... you know, like I was saying, what... um, in my opinion, I think Brooks is going to win the job at first. And then I agree with BMAC. I think, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> the Baxter push is going to be um, pretty great. And I think, you know, by mid year, Baxter, we might see a lot of him. Yeah. If you're drafting today, it's Baxter to me. Well, I'm very interested to see the school we have at number two. Uh, my guy from last year, guy I talked about a lot on the podcast, Pitt losing Israel Abanacanda, a guy that that uh, took the college fantasy world by storm last year, but took it by storm in a bizarrely inconsistent way. He didn't come on until partway into the season, but when he hit, he hit huge. When he had big games, if you do, if you knew the right week to play him, you probably were going to win, but that didn't mean he was going to be able to play and get you points every week. Uh, when we did the uh, the top uh, years all time for running backs, Abanacanda actually showed up on that, I think, the top 100 list, which was uh, mm-hmm. pretty incredible for a guy that, that didn't play and didn't even start for the whole year. Uh, regardless, he's a huge piece of the pit offense that's not going to be there now. Let's talk about the guys that have the potential to be the next man up at pit. Why don't you start BMAC? Let's talk about these guys in the pit backfield. Yeah, this one's easy for me. It's it's Rodney Hammond. You know, he competed with Abana Kanda for that starting job, had a couple touchdowns early on um, in a in an early game, and then he was hurt for most of the rest of the year. So, um, you know, Derek Davis is there. Sebo Flemister is there. Um, but, yeah, I just think Hammond's going to be the guy, and in a run-heavy or run-first offense, uh, I like Hammond a lot in fantasy this year. Yeah, what I agree. What about you, Doug? What are your thoughts? I, I I like Hammond. I think it's Hammond's job. Um, I don't see Sebo or Derek really giving him very much of a competition. Agreed. All right, we'll move on. We're going to move on to the next school on the list. Oklahoma, Eric Gray is out. We have a three-headed battle. Uh, next man up. Doug, why don't you take that one to start? Let's talk about the guys that are going to be replacing Eric Gray at Oklahoma. So, first you've got Javante Barnes, who I think is expected to – 
uh, lead the backfield this year for them. He was uh, Gray's primary backup last year, and Barnes averaged over five yards a carry. He when when he played, he showed greatness. I, th- I don't. Again, it's kind of to me, it's a little similar to Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's Barnes' job to lose. I like Sawchuck, um, but I, I don't know. I think with how with how Barnes performed, I think it's his job to lose. I mean, and they've got Marcus Major too, but I think the battle would mostly be between Barnes and Sawchuck, and I think it's Barnes' job. Yeah, Major just hasn't been able to be healthy um, any season. So yeah, we'll we'll see. And I agree. I think Javante Barnes. You know, where do you where do you slot him? Is interesting in terms of fantasy rankings. Oklahoma. You know, they've got the um, you know Dylan Gabriel, who's a statue back there. Like this is a prime running back scenario where you can see a true uh, breakout here. And I think Javante Barnes is is primed to be that guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, would you draft him as a top 15 running back? I think by the end of the year, I think uh, you totally could. And I think he'll be a, a every week starter, no matter who they play. Um, and with Barnes, you know, taking the lead there. Sawchuck's not going to really take away from the goal line. He's more of a, he's a smaller, uh, shiftier running back. Like I think Barnes is the total package. He can catch. He can block. He's got the most experience, and he's only a sophomore. Like, I think he's going to have mm-hmm. a great year. Next up, we have a school that is uh, BMAC's favorite topic, college free agency. I mean the college portal, uh, mm-hmm. where you have a school that has got some guys coming in from the portal that made their name elsewhere. Um, it's going to be interesting. We're talking about UCLA, Zach Charbonnet out Let's talk about the next three guys that could potentially be the one taking over. I think this one, to me, seems like probably one of the easiest calls uh, as far as who's going to be the next man up, but it doesn't mean that it's not an interesting situation. All right. So take it away, guys. Let's talk about UCLA and their next man up situation. Carson Steele, end of story, but uh, he had whatever, 1700 yards, 15 touchdowns for ball state last year. And uh, so they've got Anthony Atkins. He come he came over from Army. Keegan Jones is a returning, like the the leading returning UCLA running back, but still, um, he he caught twenty one balls, which is good. You know, you want those kind of running backs, and ran seventy three times for three hundred twenty yards, four touchdowns. But yeah, I think Carson Steele is going to take the the lead role and uh, be the premier running back that you want from UCLA now. I do think they're going to work in other people. They're going to work Keegan Jones into the passing game. Atkins will get some of his touches. I don't know that you would ex- – I don't think Steele is going to exceed what he did last year. Um, now, that opinion would change if, uh, you know, if Schley, you know, just takes off and, and wins the job and, and does a little less running. But I think Steele is going to be the guy. Um, and I, I'd project him to be maybe about – probably within – within 10% of his production the last year. So Doug, as a follow follow up question to that for you, Doug. So if you're, if you are a, uh, an owner that had Carson Steele last year at ball state, put up crazy video game numbers, Mm -hmm. should they be worried about Carson Steele going into a power five um, situation where you're going to have much better competition? Or do you think that he's still going to be able to produce at a top level, even though his competition week in and week out is going to be greater? I think he's still going to be able to produce at a high level. Um, so you've got a guy like Atkins, like Brian was talking about, who's known for being a power guy. 
but Carson Steele's no scrub either. I mean, you've seen videos of him running people over and, you know, but again, I agree with Brian. I don't think, you know, 1,700 yards is going to happen, but I could very well likely see him getting 15. I mean, 14 to 15. I don't, I don't see him as a guy you'd want to take out of your roster, if I can just put it that way. So you heard it there first, guys. If you own Carson Steele, Doug has just said, Hyper Doug has said, I could see 1,400, 1,500 yards at him. If you don't get that, you better be down at the uh, Searchalytics office. To see and I'll get you a coffee. That's, that's our thing. If, I, if you don't get it, I'll get you a coffie, guys. No so is that, is that gonna be, is that going to be your brisket lock? Your preseason brisket lock is going to be Carson <laughs> oh, Steele, 1,400, 1,500 yards? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. I think I think my brisket lock is somebody I'm going to talk about next week. So yeah, and, and our right. predictions show Matt is scheduled for like August. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that being said, we're jumping to the uh, the Midwest. Going to go to Illinois. Chase Brown not there anymore. This is the first time we're looking at a two headed battle. We think. Uh, let's take it away. Let's talk about the guys looking to be the next man up to replace Chase Brown at Illinois. Man, this one. <laughs> this one gets to me a little bit because if you read all the Illinois writers, you you read what the coaches are saying, they're expecting running back by a committee here. And I think that, so they've got some good, you know, massive, like 240, 230 pound freshmen coming in uh, at running back. But I think McCray, who's got a big enough size where he's not going to lose goal line touches. He's 6'1", 235. He's going to be the lead running back. So if you're targeting a running back in fantasy, it's Josh McCray. And then if you think about what if McCray goes down again, because he was hurt a lot last year, Reggie Love could be that guy, like a total premier, um, you know, handcuff if your league's big enough or uh, someone that you would want to watch and, and pick up as a waiver wire selection, elite waiver wire selection if Josh McCray goes down. But they they want the by committee approach at Illinois. Mm-hmm. At least that's what they say. That being said, Illinois or Brett Bielema has always had a running back centric system. So maybe a by committee, you're still probably getting 17, 18 carries minimum for a lead back in a in a elite potentially rushing offense. Yeah, you look so, at those by Lima offenses at Wisconsin. You if you had the number two running back, you still had a guy that was going to be a, a an RB2 starter, even though he was the quote-unquote backup at Wisconsin. That's a very good point. Yeah, so I like McCray a lot, Um, probably more than most, and uh, hoping to land him in in different leagues that I'm in. So uh, I'm certainly excited about McCray, um, but see what happens. Note note to self in the home league, draft early, make BMAC mad. Make BMAC mad. Yeah, my list is long enough. It's one, of the, it's one of the things we like to do in our draft is try to make BMAC man. Yeah, I mean, when our rankings are going, whatever, 300, 400 running backs deep, um, we'll, we'll be prepared. Yeah. By we, I mean good. me. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to jump over to, uh, to Utah and Tavion Thomas. Tavion Thomas was a guy that was drafted super high last year in a lot of leagues. I don't think Tavion Thomas really performed the way that, that he should have for being such a, a super high draft pick that was out there. Uh, do you think any of these guys fighting for his position have a chance to uh, redeem uh, that, that high draft position that he had last year? So with Tavion Thomas and all his injuries, 
slash off the field issues and, you know, getting in his own way, acting like a child, really. Um, you know, they didn't really struggle at running back, in my opinion. You know, I felt like who whoever started, you know, in that position, that specific game, did fine. Um, whether it was Micah Bernard or I'm just going to say Jay Jackson. Jaquindon. Yeah, Jaquindon, um, who was a quarterback that, you know, that made the transition to running back. Um, both of them looked good. Um, so Jackson, who ran the ball less, only had two yards less than uh, Bernard. So my favorite for this position is is Jackson. But I could see this one very well being maybe not as big as Illinois, but a committee-type style with those two running backs. Man, I will say, so I was at the Florida-Utah game uh, to open the season last year. Micah Bernard is so good. He's he's really shifty, um, and uh, yards per carry is great. I like him a lot. He's been around the program for a long time now. I think he, whatever, entered the program when he was 17, and now four years later, he could be the lead guy. But, yeah, Jaquindon Jackson will probably take over. Bernard entered the portal, came back. Um you're looking at a potential by committee approach here at Utah between those two. Um, and then if you're lucky, Jaquindon with his, you know, former, uh, you know, he came over a transition from quarterback to running back, you know, if maybe there's some trick plays in the books for him to, uh, to throw a couple. So, I like both of those two a lot. Utah runs the ball enough, but then you've also got Cam Rising coming back, and he runs the ball a lot. So it, it might just be a mess to avoid at Utah, which, you know, historically they've been a, a staple potentially at uh, at running back fantasy. All right, next up we got the powerhouse, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Seems like Georgia is putting guys into the NFL every single year. Mm -hmm. uh, they've become more and more of a, of a, uh, of a factory in the last uh, – in the last – five to 10 years. Kenny McIntosh is going to be uh, out. So uh, let's take a look at the three headed monster. You guys believe are going to be competing to be that next man up at Georgia. Yeah. And we talked about this on the quarterback show last week, but um, Stetson Bennett also his void presents an opportunity for the, for these running backs at Georgia. Cause he ran uh, 10 touchdowns last year. Um, and if they've got, you know, potentially uh, if it's not Gunnar Stockton, they've got like less of a, a running guy at, at the quarterback position. So I think um, more on the table for the running backs and uh, you got to like that. But right now, Kendall Milton hurt out for the rest of spring hamstring, which uh, sucks to hear because you know, those can linger at least it's not close to the season, but same for Dijon Edwards. So Branson Robinson's getting his run with the ones and he's getting a lot of carries. Um, and has been doing really well as far as, uh, you know, there's always just positivity abounds, right, in the spring. Everyone's doing great. But uh, Branson Robinson's certainly getting his touches uh, with the ones. And uh, I still just – I like Kendall Milton. I don't know that he has the, the – whatever. He, he's not the elite player that we've come to, you know, expect from Georgia with DeAndre Swift and, and Chubb and Sony Michelle and Todd Gurley. But I think he's the most likely to end up putting up 
you know, better numbers than we've seen in fantasy the last couple of years out of the, the Georgia position of running back. Um, but I'd watch out for Branson Robinson. Um, last year, freshman, a huge, huge, like, uh, player with, um, yeah, I, I just think him and Milton in the red zone will potentially be the guy. But Dejon Edwards is no slouch either. You know, they spread it out. He had 769 yards and seven touchdowns kind of quietly last year. Mm-hmm. All right, so what do we think about the situation at Alabama? Last year, Jameer Gibbs transfers over from Georgia Tech, becomes the guy at Alabama. Started off the season, did not give put up the kind of numbers that we uh, we all hope for as uh, in college fantasy football, but by the end of the season, he was exactly what we expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you got a bunch of guys – they're looking to take over that spot. Do you think we're going to be back uh, to the running back uh, running back room of old? I know we talked about this in some of the other shows that you feel yep. like we, you feel like we're going to go back to having more production out of the running back room at Alabama. Which one of these guys do you think has the best chance of uh, of becoming that big time stud at Alabama? So I'll chat briefly about it a little bit, and then I'll let BMAC take over because he's been doing his uh, due diligence on this Alabama. Um, how, how they're probably going to play. Um, but I think uh, McClellan's going to be the guy. I think it's, I think it's his job really to lose. Um, he's been super patient, um, served as the backup to, you know, it seems like he's been the backup to 15 different running backs there, but you know, it's well, three NFL guys, right? right? Yeah. So, um, Najee, but I think Brian Robinson guy. and, uh, and now, um yeah Yeah. so when when he does play i mean you've seen moments of great seen moments of greatness from him um and then you've got williams and miller i don't know um i expect justice haynes honestly to potentially be mcclellan's backup even though i know they usually kind of go with the older guys at alabama but i think haynes is kind of too good of a guy to pass up on um, but I expect McClellan to be the guy. And like I said, I'll let BMAC take it from here. Cause he's done a lot of due diligence on this Alabama team. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. McClellan's got it all right. He's got great hands, great out of the backfield, good blocker. He's got home run speed. You see him already with 80 yard touchdown runs and, um, he's good in the red zone. Uh, rarely fumbles Roydale Williams though. He's going to, he's going to stay as the backup. I feel like, He's he's the hammer. Basically, he'll come in uh, and and steal some touchdowns from McClellan in the red zone, and will be a, a solid backup. And then yeah, Jam Miller and and Haynes will kind of battle it up for you know who's going to look like they want to position themselves as the future mm-hmm. of Alabama. And then Richard Young comes in the fall, I believe. I don't think he's in for the spring. So um, as always, talent abounds there at Alabama and. The O-line, though, that's where you want to look at. They're beefing up along the line. They're going to be as, you know, as far as height and weight, as big as they've been in years. And I think they're going to be potentially more ground and pound than they have been. And uh, McClellan could could totally bust out. Um, potentially elite Debbie prospect, too, with uh, all of his skills that he provi- presents Um Love McClellan's potential this year and that Alabama rushing attack. Alabama's always a fascinating school from a fantasy football perspective because 
you expect every year somebody's just going to blow up, whether it's a running back or at wide receiver, obviously quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always those guys that you think are going to be the the shoe in to be your big stat producer that just do nothing. So Alabama, yep. they're there totally feast or famine when it comes to fantasy football. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in that backfield. Are you going to be the guy that can look into your crystal ball and find that right guy and be the guy that is uh, able to get the blue chipper and not the, uh, the dud out of that backfield from a fantasy perspective. Yep. Right. All right. Next up, Texas A&M, Devin A chain. He's gone. Who do we want? Who do we like in the uh, Texas A&M backfield? Go ahead. BMAC. Yeah, so I think this is uh, analogous or similar to Texas here. Um, this is a big season for Jimbo, right? Um, you know, this, you can't afford to have another season like you did last year. And then they're bringing in Petrino to maybe call the plays. <laughs> um, so this is where pass protection is going to be so, so important. You've got Amari Daniels back. A total of 36 carries last year. Le'Veon Moss, a total of 27 carries last year. Not a lot of production um, at the running back position. And then you add in the talented five-star Ruben Owens. And I think by the end of the year, it's going to be Owens. Like, I I think similar to Texas, how it's going to kind of play out where, you know, maybe Daniels or Moss gets the start early on. But over time, as Owens becomes better in pass pro, I think he'll end up, you know, the talent will win out and uh, he'll be the guy. Maybe not a third down running back, you know, um, which is, you know, obviously pass protection heavy um, or super important. So I don't know. It's going to be weird to watch. I've kind of sold shares of Texas A&M just because, you know, if if it blows up and goes wrong or goes poorly in the first few weeks of the year, it could it could blow up bad with Jimbo there, right. and uh, don't want any part of that. But it could also play out really well, where Wegman comes on, shows what he was, um, you know, kind of continues what he was producing at the end of last year. Evan Stewart, elite um, potential NFL style wide receiver, and then Ruben Owens at running back. So you could see a path where it opens up for Owens. A and M's having a a good season to kind of uh, take over by the end of the year. Yeah. That, that team potentially could be <laughs> led on offense by three really young guys. So you, you kind of don't know what to expect, but BMAC, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that you expect Owens to kind of take the job. I mean, just based on talent, I think he's, he's better than the other two for sure. Um, and then with Evan Stewart and, women in that offense like it could just be a young fun offense to watch as long as uh you know somebody i'm not a fan of in the name of jimbo um you know lets these kids actually play football and <laughs> you know i don't know he, i just not a fan of him too much so we'll see all right last but not least in our top 10 running back situations to keep your eye on we're going to go to kansas state and deuce vaughn who do we like in the Kansas State backfield to replace Deuce Vaughn as the next man up? So this one's intriguing to me. Um, I l- liked watching uh, Ward run. Um, he's one of those guys that seems to always average more than six yards a touch. Like he's just he's he's shifty. He's he's quick. He's you know a lot of things you want to see in a running back. But you got DJ Giddens who is no slouch at all. Um, I mean, 
voted by the coaches as offensive freshman of the year in big Tw- in the big 12. Um, a lot of people probably expect Ward to come in and, and win that job, but man, after stuff that I've been reading about both of them um, and watching both of them and some film on both of them, man, I, I, that that's going to be tough. This could be a really, really fun battle to watch because both of them are so good. Could it be a committee thing? Maybe, or maybe one of them just pushes the other one so much where their talents really come out and they could be the next, one of the next big guys in college football. You just never know. Yeah, this is one of those situations to me where next man up may not apply. Like Deuce Vaughn has been a staple of that offense mm-hmm. for a while. And then we'll see now in the post-Deuce Vaughn era what that coaching staff's going to do with these two running backs. Because, yeah, they're both really talented. I agree. Treshawn Ward, you know, he's quick, not fast. But, um, you know, inside, um, you know, the the numbers there, like he's so good. And he, he runs really strong, runs angry. Um, that one, uh, less likely to invest in from a fantasy standpoint. If it was just one of those guys there, changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. But um, having both of them there, I think, I think they'll both get their share of touches. Yep. All right, so that is our top 10 uh, situations you guys need to keep your eyes on. But don't let that fool you. There are way more situations you need to be keeping your eyes on. That's why there's going to be preseason rankings. That why that's why BMAC and Doug are working on the uh, the rankings for 2023 because there's a lot more going on in college fantasy football than just these backfields. Uh, if you had a draft and you're like, okay, we're going to draft every one of these guys, you're talking about two or three rounds are all gone. You know that your draft is not going to be made by the top two or three rounds. You got to have some depth. You got to uh, make sure you're uncovering guys like Israel Abanacanda that. Was, a, was nobody in the college fantasy scene before week two or three last year, and then he blew up. There's going to be guys that are not going to be talked about. There's going to be guys that may be lower in the rankings, but you need to be doing your work as well. That's why you need to like and subscribe to CFBDynasty.com. You want to go up there and be able to get your hands on the uh, the rankings. You want to, when you get into the season, you want to be able to have your, your starts and sits. You want to be able to get that inside information so that that way you can have the leg up. You can have the edge on your uh, on your fellow owners in your league can we get a bonus question in here doug so sure all right if if you were drafting today in a in a devi league now would you rather who would you want out of the usc backfield austin jones marshawn lloyd relique <laughs> brown you're killing me bro because you know i have marshawn lloyd already mm-hmm. and when he went to usc i was a little upset i'm not gonna lie um <laughs> Because Jones <laughs> played really well. Um, yeah. And Relique Brown, somebody who BMAC and I are both honestly pretty high on. Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably go Relique. Yeah. Probably go Relique. I mean, super talented running back. And I don't know, man. I think uh, Marshawn Lloyd and and Jones are kind of gonna handicap each other a little bit. So yeah, I, I somewhat agree with that analysis. Although I think Marshawn Lloyd is gonna be a really good pro prospect still. Well, um, I agree with you on the pro prospect, but I'm thinking overall, you know, I would probably go Relique. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What about you, well, Mac? What would you do? What would you do? 
That's that's a really tough one. I I think Marshawn Lloyd has good NFL potential. Relique Brown is interesting. You know, he's smaller, but you know, super fast, and uh, he's gonna get some play. I uh, I would if it was a college fantasy league, I'd want Relique just mm-hmm. because you assume he'll be potentially the guy after Lloyd and Austin Jones leave. Um, if it's a Devi league, man, Marshawn Lloyd. I'd probably go Relique too, but I like Lloyd a lot. I think he's he's got good potential to kind of be uh, any of these guys, like a third-round pick or whatever. If he shows out, has a really good year. These third-round running backs are the ones that, you know, not super high draft capital, but high enough to where they're going to get their opportunity during the rookie contract in the NFL. So I think Lloyd kind of fits that bill. Not an elite player, but someone who will probably get his shot and then mm-hmm. see what he does with it. All right, good stuff, good stuff. So, Doug, I have a question for you. If if you lost all ability to have any streaming service or television service and you could not watch your golf this weekend, what would you be doing otherwise? What would I be doing this weekend? I would probably try to talk BMAC into playing golf. Um, Would, would Would Hangry Doug be making another appearance because he'd be so frustrated? Oh, I'd probably eat a lot because I'd probably be bored, so probably not. And finish the tight ends. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, listen, I'm trying. You you just expect too much of me sometimes, Brian. You know, I'm one guy. I'm one guy, and we all know how I like to finish second, so it's fine. I like to do things at my own pace, Brian. Um, But no, so I don't know. I really want to get back into fishing, and it's that time of year where fishing is going to get fun, so I, I might even do that this weekend if if I didn't have a streaming service to watch some golf, but that's probably what I would do. Yeah. I I would probably be focused on, you know, hopefully getting a couple articles out, even though it's, you know, Easter and families in town and all that stuff. But we did get the, the ultimate guide to Devi fantasy football leagues out. So if you're in college fantasy or new, or what just want to get into to Devi, um kind of learn what it's about kind of understand a little bit of the basic strategies and then we also posted a here's what a first round regular league looks like and then here's what a devi league looks like in a, in a first round draft so a little bit of a mock as part of that article which which is a fun one and then um our if you missed our quarterbacks next man up that's there and um you know we listed everything out it's a it's a detailed post and uh, we'll be doing the same, working on the same for running backs. Once this podcast and uh, the video version gets edited, uh, I'll be working on the the running back next man up post. Well, I, I am definitely looking forward to the next show we have, which is going to be next man up at wide receiver. If you guys were here for our top seasons all time for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks and running backs were filled with guys that were huge producers in college and the pros. Uh, future NFL Hall of Famers or current NFL Hall of Famers, you got to the wide receiver list. And if you're not somebody that's deep in the weeds in college football, a lot of the guys on the list, you just don't even know their names. So um, that's what, that's why I'm really excited about the next spin up at wide receiver because these could be guys that, um, you know, you know that your Alabamas and your Texas A&Ms and your Georgias are going to be mentioned in the quarterbacks and running backs. I think uh, you're probably going to see some schools that are going to pop up in the uh, the next man up a wide receiver that probably wouldn't be mentioned otherwise. So it's going to be a really interesting show. It's going to be one you guys should really pay attention to because 
your league can be made or broken by the wide receiver choices you make. Yep. And I would very much look forward to seeing what the data provides and, uh, very much thank you guys for coming out today listening to the cfbdynasty.com podcast uh, on behalf of Brian McElfresh. And listen here, listen here, Hyper Doug. Don't be laughing at me. What are you laughing at me for, man? I don't <laughs> know. Again, on behalf of Brian McElfresh and Doug Gravely, this is Matt Knowles. We thank you guys for coming out, and we'll see you next week. Adios. See you guys.